Welcome to the Take 92 Podcast. My name is Sammy Warmhands. I am your host, and today I am thrilled to welcome back to the show one of my favorite singer-songwriters, as well as one of my oldest friends, Leo London. Leo is a very prolific artist, much like myself. I haven't had him on here in about four years. That's 50 episodes ago or so. And so he's got a lot of new releases to talk about. We're going to talk about The Domestics, his collaborations with Haley Johnson, and four new EPs. This is Leo London. All right, let's do it. I'm, I'm game. I listened to our last oh, episode. Yeah? How, did, how did we do? It was enjoyable because we talked a lot about stuff I forgot just from like when we were little kids and stuff. And yeah. What surprised me, though, is that that was four years ago. And you and I, we both crank out songs like crazy. And so what surprised me was the amount of material <laughs> that has accumulated since then. So uh, I, I had a fun late night homework session yesterday, diving through all the stuff. Um, when you were here, we were talking about the needle exchange in the stars. Oh, yeah. Which was, was just about to come out. And that was, that was a fantastic record. Thanks. Uh, I love it. Very like introspective uh sad guy stuff which i am all about you know um <laughs> yeah i haven't re-upped that record yet so I've, i feel a little uh it's got a lot of a lot on the table i was wondering about that because there's a gap in your band camp from like 2013 yeah all the way up until 2020 where yeah. like the the middle era stuff isn't there yeah that's uh well part of that was being in the domestics for five years Oh, and so everything um, going through that channel? That was part of it. And then the um, distribution company that I went through to upload all of that material, including the domestics and uh, Needle Exchange and the record I did with Haley Johnson, uh, that company went defunct. So oh. everything got pulled from streaming services. And uh, at the time, I didn't have the money to re-up anything, you know. So. Well, that sucks. Yeah, you've paid for each of those releases, I and know. now you got to do I it again. Know. Yeah, well, you know, it's the, the, the wonders of the digital age. Yeah. <laughs> A month or so after that episode and that record came out, we wound up playing both at the Whitaker Block Party. Oh, yeah. You gave me a, a copy of Montgomery Park, the EP that you just mentioned with Haley Johnson, and that is maybe my favorite thing that you've ever done. And I, I was lucky enough to see both of you at the Hi-Fi around the same time and, and see you play some of those songs together. And, and man, I just was, was so impressed. And I, and I was totally unfamiliar with her. How did you guys link up? How'd you come across her? Uh, so I met Haley at Dante's in Portland. She was mm. hanging out with my partner at the time, Mike Finn. Yeah, I don't know. I just kept her name in the Rolodex, and uh, I've always liked to write songs, you know, in a female perspective. And I think we were both uh, having a slow moment in our careers, like the domestics had had dried up. Yeah, we became really good friends. So it was just sort of a was it happenstance? Yeah. Well, and first of all, it's interesting to me that on a solo record, you would have. It's almost like a rap record where you're like, I'm going to have features on half the record, right? Yeah. But they were all for the same person, which is kind of neat. Like, it, it almost feels like a, a duo record to an extent. But there's like, I think, four songs in a row in the middle of that. Temporarily, Your Girl, Another Woman, In This Life, Acid Rain in Hollywood. It's just like, God damn. Like, 
does this dude keep getting better, you know, or what? Like, it was another one of those to me that was kind of like a a level up record. Where I'm like, gosh, oh, they cut so deep, and and her voice just elevates the songs, and and like, they had a a lot of heart, you know. Thanks. Well, so I am planning on re-releasing it, and it'll be a little bit different. I think that what I want to do, uh, Haley and I also recorded a Christmas song together. I know people cringe when you say Christmas song, but it's a, it's a song. <laughs> like that a ha- sad one, though. It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like uh, the same way that, um, what's that Bruce Willis movie? Uh, Die Hard. Die Hard. Yeah. yeah, it's like that kind of Christmas song. Yeah, like it barely counts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just if I changed one lyric, it wouldn't be a Christmas song. But anyway, so we do have that. That and I was thinking about remixing, maybe adding some some drums and some bass and stuff to the songs. To nice, pep them up a bit because I still have all those stems. It was really interesting how we recorded that too. I'm gonna butcher Scotty's name. Scotty Magee. He works with Earl Thomas. He's a dude up in Portland has a studio. That's where Haley and I tracked all of the uh, vocals and uh, piano, and um, Michael Finn played some Wurlitzer, and then I had those tracks, and then I flushed them out with, um, you know, Ryan Neighbors from Help. Mm-mm. I've been trying to get your guys' bands to talk because I think oh. that you'd really like, I think that they work really well together. Nice. Uh, they're a hardcore, very highly politicized band, you know. Anyway. I, I know something about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, but also he's... Uh, a uh, synth guy he used to play in Portugal, the man, and had a had a band. I don't know if they're still playing, but Hustle and Drone. Anyway, he did some of the kind of spacey keys and stuff on that, and uh, I don't know, just kind of get reinvestigated. I was driving to L.A. a couple weeks ago, and I would, every time I plug in my phone, was the uh, trying to get out of L.A. I can't remember. Uh, Acid Rain Hollywood. Yeah, so yeah. So that comes on. Oh, because it's A. It can, well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Ange has one of those in the car. She's like, I don't even listen to Smashing Pumpkins. Why does it always start with the Smashing Pumpkins? I'm like, because all this shit is imported from mine. <laughs> it's an anti-Apple thing, but I just wish that it just wouldn't play anything when you plug in your phone. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to delete some stuff. I was just like, I'm not going to listen to that every time I get into my fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> Now, last year on my record, Stolen Songs 4, I recorded a song from Montgomery Park in this life. Oh, I remember. What is that like on your end? I've covered a lot of people's shit and sometimes people I know, but like, I don't know. I can't imagine... It made you me probably feel get a great. ton of cover songs. Yeah, that made me feel awesome. It made me feel like, uh, I mean, really, I feel like more and more in my life, I want to move into writing songs for other people to sing. Yeah, you know, aging out or whatever. When it comes to the uh, the music field, they like, yeah, they like the young bucks. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, trying to find a place to stand. So yeah, it made me feel really special. And I liked that song too. I thought it was a great song choice for you. I thought it was. Did you transpose it at all, or was it just in the same key? Because um, it was a good key for you. Well, uh, yeah, I took it up was the yeah. thing because I, we both have a lower register at this point in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so I was hearing what you were doing, but my guitar playing style doesn't really lend itself to that finger style playing. And so when I was playing it my way, I was like, nah, this needs to really kind of be belted out. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that I changed the key. I just changed the vocal register and... Um, cool did it in an octave up but yeah i liked it yeah, i it was uh, fun. i uh the um 
yeah, that old Travis picking, I try to get away from it because I do it so much. You know, it's <laughs> kind of like my my lean to if I'm writing. And uh, at a certain point, it's like, oh, this whole record just kind of sounds the same, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that, that reminds me of a, a John Mayer record. He had this brilliant song on it called Stop This Train. It was like a really big breakthrough record for him. He won the Grammy and all this shit. And then the next record, uh, he had a, a song with the exact same strum pattern and almost chord progression, but in a different key. The other one was about, you know, like talking with his dad about coming to terms with mortality and this really heavy shit. And this other one was just like, sometimes I like to get stoned and do 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 do. You know, he's just like, I'm like, you are just bullshitting like a freestyle over yeah. the same song and ruining it. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, it like, a... it's it's funny to me because we'll we'll notice that shit in our own stuff. And I'm like, oh, I hope nobody noticed that. But like, that's where my yeah. mind immediately goes of like, oh, I, I hear you guys doing the oh, for reusing sure. your tricks. Oh, it's like Die Hard 2. <laughs> yeah, it's the same movie, <laughs> but in an airport. Yeah. <laughs> now, you were talking about the domestics kind of fizzling out. In 2019, you guys did release a song, Inside My Mind. Oh, yeah. Is the band basically done? Because, I mean, around that time, you started launching beauty contests which ended up being an album but i think was going to be a new band right yeah I mean, yeah there was a band members of the domestics were in that so to finish that the domestics are done not on bad terms at all i just talked to mike yesterday but nice those guys are my brothers i love them yeah so beauty contest we had our first show two weeks before covid hit Oh man. And that was it, you know. And it was a cool band. A lot of a lot of great personnel in that band. And uh we had stuff booked, you know, and it was like and then there was going to be doing the record and, you know, really trying to pitch, you know, try and get some label interest or something like that and uh you know what happened with all that to all of us. At that time when you guys played your first show, they hadn't actually been in the studio with you recording yet. No, no, that was that. that was like, I did. I tracked all that. I play all the stuff on that record. Okay, I wondered that because I was like, so yeah. is this that band or is this just him after that blew up? It was gonna be more of a band, but I mean, it was. I, I generally do like the live band thing. Even with the domestics, there are, uh, there's only a select songs that actually were the whole band. Yeah, it was me and Michael doing all the stuff in the studio. Yeah, multi-tracking, but. I, I get it. I mean, that's even how it's just GFS is. It's, 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 it's always just been two dudes playing everything, and right. then we find someone to play shows. You know, like exactly. It's, it's cost effective. I think quality control insinuates that there's going to be an issue with somebody's playing, which is not what I'm saying, but it's just, especially because I go in the studio, I have everything arranged. You yeah, know, at you least, know what you at want. least mentally. You know, so then like I can go from one, one instrument to the next to the next, and I can just knock the shit out. There's something about having, even like we were talking about, if you want to use a featured singer or something like that, like there's something to be said about not just getting the talent, but getting the right talent for the right song. Mm -hmm. And so we've had a, like I was just talking about, a rotating cast of live bass players in the band that almost none of them have played on the recordings because what they're bringing in their own style is great and I love it in their projects, mm -hmm. but it's not what I would want to be on the record. You know, like we had Eric Munch come and do the last record yeah. because he is not only a great player, but he's such, 
he's been such a producer his whole life that I knew that he would get like, okay, this is how we want to do it though. Well, and it, I mean, and know. also, I mean, like you and I have the luxury of knowing Eric Munch for what, 20 plus yeah. years or something, you know, it's just, there's a certain amount of uh, history there. I get, you know, trust. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Cause ultimately you've got to be able to collaborate in those environments. If you're coming into someone else's record, you know, and, mm -hmm. and he was brilliant at that. Or like right now we have one of our old members, uh, Ben, Polanski back in and he's very willing to give his opinions which is awesome and also you know fall back when needed and and yeah. you know we kind of come up with the best version of the thing but so often it's much easier to just be like you know I know all these parts yeah <laughs> I sure. can do them you don't want some young guy coming in swinging his dick around you know <laughs> I know what's up I wrote it yeah. I remember here's a good story one time uh we were recording a domestics record and we were working with Tucker Martin and um uh he and Mike worked together for many years we're having this long conversation with each other about like well what if we like bounced the vocals from Leo's demo into the box could we like do that like <laughs> and i was like laying on the couch and i was just like i'm the same fucking guy i could sing saying it <laughs> why don't you just throw a microphone up and i sing the song i wrote you know so yeah so we did that and it was fine but you know it's just one of those <laughs> things where it's like you know i think you get into like producer engineer mode and just playing the desk instead of playing the instruments or the songs you know yeah that's a very good way to put it now the album itself beauty contest there are tracks on there that sound like kind of quintessential leo london i wrote down a couple titles here uh candy cigarettes and everything you touch um i think those are, are both like could have come off the self-titled record or something like that you know just got that great feel but overall it feels like the record may be intentionally a little more abrasive or you know, did you have a different goal in mind for beauty contest? Like, okay, yeah. we've done this with the domestics. This thing's going to do its own thing. So it's an uneven record, and uh, I've grown to love it. I really didn't like it for a long time, but I've had some input from people I trust. They're like, no, it's not that bad of a car crash. It's okay. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll live with it. But, you know, I think that it's uneven because there were certain songs that were supposed to be domestic songs for a third domestics record that never came to be. Mm. There were some tracks, I think, that were from some of the EPs. The middle four, which are two of the ones you mentioned, I, I tracked with uh, Justin Chase, who is an excellent engineer, at his space. And then I had all these demos that I tried to like turn into songs. And, and this was my first time trying to do you know, the songs that Justin didn't record that I was trying to do entirely myself uh -huh. and I was aiming for a much higher fidelity than I was capable of yeah and there's also a lot of sonic experimentation that I had no idea how to mix I mean like so many drum machines and samples and uh that I mean I come from a pretty traditional sort of background yeah so I can hear how a uh guitar needs to sit in a mix. I didn't know what to do with uh, 808. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, you did have some of that, and maybe not as a mix engineer, but you, it does sort of have a logical through line from Little Darkness, though, that there were maybe two or three more experimental 
songs on that record, you know, tape loops and other sounds that you hadn't really done that much. Sure. But this just seemed like kind of, uh, let's kind of grab that and, and keep going in that direction. Yeah, I think I went too far with it. There was a, <laughs> there was a, um, there was a follow-up record that I abandoned Oh uh, really? And uh, that really leaned even harder into that sort of—I don't want to say house, but like you know—I was definitely like, "Well, what are, the, what are these young kids doing?" You know, let's see, <laughs> let's see what. Uh, let's <laughs> see what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I think that there was a moment, and I think it was about the time that I left Portland, where I was like, I think I had like a series of, you know, noisemakers and. What do you call those little clicky boys? PMC? Or oh, the MPC. MPC. You know, clicky that kind boy. Of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, I was just like, this is like a dinosaur trying to, like, <laughs> I'm like what the fuck am I doing with my life? You know, yeah. so that was, that was around the time that I moseyed down to Nashville and tried to figure out, you know, reinvestigate who I am as, a, as an artist, which sounds really pretentious, and I apologize, but, like, no, you know, dude, I, I get just... it. Sometimes it's like we we go so far in one direction. It's like, okay, I've done all of this that I can do. More than we I gotta should've. start over. <laughs> yeah. You know, like um, I, I do want to ask about the track listing here, though, because it's it's an interesting set list in that now we do get a full band version of In This Life, which is cool, and then we get, I believe, the same recording, if not even the same mix, maybe. For the closing song from Montgomery Park. Yeah, it's. I think the only difference is there's an amp modeler on the roads. I mean, I tried to retrack it, and I couldn't do it, you know, because there's some... Uh, oh, and by the way, I think that's my favorite song on the record, and Martin did a great video for that. But yeah. um, that was just uh, one of those moments where I feel like I hit a tip, you know, and I was like, this is as good as it's going to get, and it's got pops. And, and the, I mean, it was like an old CB mic that I bought at the bins yeah. in Milwaukee. You know, it's just like a piece of shit microphone, and it just sounds really cool. And I tried to, I tried to clean it up, but it did not. Well, and, did not work. And not just the tone, but I think something about the distant effect mixed with the incredible like vulnerability. There's a lot of emotion in that performance. It has a very cool effect, and yet I just remember hearing it going. This was the closer on the last record, right? So, <laughs> yeah. like, what what was the decision there? Did you feel like not enough people heard Montgomery Park? I really want this song out there. Yeah. Want to try it again? I'm trying to remember what the thought process was there. I mean, I think I kind of parted out a lot of that EP, you yeah. know, that Haley and I did. And I think, you know, I really thought that the main part of that should have just been the... Uh, the stuff that me and Haley did together, mm. which is why I think I'm going to re-release it with just those just more songs. of that focus. Because I mean, also the opening track on that was 12 years old or something. It's really, oh, really? I keep trying to. I've been trying to find a place for this the original version of No Rock and Roll. Yeah. That. And, uh, well, yeah, because that that was redone too. It's almost a remix version of well, and that, that was song. the first. That was the very original version. Is the one with the organ and the megaphone, and it's because. I was playing a show downtown, this festival, and it was opening for, like, clap your hands and say yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was told that I wasn't going to have a microphone at the show. Was somebody the told fuck? me that. So I rented a megaphone, and, I, and, I, and then I got there, and they're like, oh, you have a microphone? I was like, why the hell would somebody tell me? <laughs> so instead of instead of, like, being like, 
can I talk to a manager? You know, I was yeah. like, I'll just get a megaphone. It's fine. We'll make it work. It's like, art. You know what? You I'm going to take this home and record yeah. with it. Well, so that's the thing. I have it for 24 hours. So that's yeah. what I did. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was very attached to the song. And, I mean, maybe someday it'll actually come out. In, I don't even know what you do with music anymore. It's like, you know, if you don't have a store, if you don't have, you know, yeah. now here's Spotify is under fire. I'm like, I'm so I happy just, about that. I, I'm glad that someone's <laughs> happy about it. I've already come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to make money, but I'd like, I'd like to at least get some plays. Yeah, so I'd maybe like them I can, to hear it. Yeah, yeah I'd like to have something happen because that's all I've been focusing on with all these EPs and stuff is trying to like grow an audience on Spotify. Yeah, which is difficult to say the least. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, uh, we've talked a little bit about that, yeah. and I have not adapted very well at all. I was so outspoken about it for so long that even when I did reluctantly put my releases up there, because people would be like, look, I bought your fucking CDs, but I, I do want to listen on this yeah. thing on my dashboard or whatever. You know, sure. I want to use the app. And so I finally did it. It's been up there for three years now or something, and I'll get those monthly emails that's like, you have... 27 listeners. I'm like, will you not fucking tell me that, yes. please? I don't want to know that. There are, you know? There are certain days I wake up and I go on there. I was like, oh, we're down 12 listeners. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're counting single digits check like, in. oh, fuck. Got to check in on your aunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure she hasn't passed away. <laughs> Speaking of these EPs, there was a period in 2004 where, as a fan... I felt like I was getting a front row seat to the creative process from John Frusciante. Mm -hmm. He released six albums in six months was, was yeah. the plan. It ended up stretching out like a little bit longer than that, but everything was recorded in like a few days, mixed in a day on site, wherever that one studio was. And they were all just kind of little like, to use a television term, like it's a bottle episode. It was just like, we go to sure. this one place for a weekend, we do all this stuff and it's done. And we just release it that way in its yeah. natural form, right? Love and you've been on such a roll these last few months. It's, it seems like you're kind of in a, in a similar place. Actually, I, that is I, the goal. I made this note that the last record in that series was called Curtains, which yeah. is the name of the first record in your series you've been uh, oh, yeah. cranking nice. out. And I was like, that's perfect. Um, but was this a concept? Like you had this idea, kind of like he he set out to do sure or was this just like man i am right now shit load right now i need to find some way to get all these out i think it's the former i think that yeah, yeah. I, I really just planned i wanted to do i just want to put material out there because i feel like i've spent a lot of time listening to other people tell me how to release music <laughs> and uh not that it wasn't good advice and not that it isn't people that i love or whatever but like it's gotten to the point where I'm just like, I feel like I I sat on songs for so long that they went bad in the can, you mm -hmm. know? And I'm like, what's the point of making art if you're not going to put it out there? So I was like, I'm just going to just do this. And I, I think particularly, you know, after I got back from Nashville, after my job dried up and um, my grandpa died and I was staying with my grandma and uh, I had time on my hands, and it's still fucking COVID, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to just sit here and not do anything. So I think that was a big part of it, and um, it's been really good. You know, I feel like, not that this is a 
defining characteristic of success, but I, you know, I, I, I make money when I release them, and it's you know, it's Good. part of a. Uh, I'm trying to have enough dollars coming from different areas that eventually I get like a whole dollar. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, if you can keep the cost down. On the record, because yeah, that, that's that's my big problem. Is yeah. like, yeah, I can record all this stuff here, but a lot of times I get these grand ideas about what this fucking what the vision is this time, well, and sure. you know whatever, and it ends up costing me thousands of dollars, and then it's like, okay, well, I'm never gonna ever make a quarter of that back. I mean, I get you that know? too. I mean, after th- I mean, you like me and Michael sunk twenty thousand some dollars into the last domestics record that I think <sighs> maybe moved seven hundred units. I mean, it was Man. just miserable, and the only reason. We wouldn't have to pay for that is because the label, the label went paid for it. Well, no, the label, the, the, it's a very long story, and I did sign an NDA, but anyway, they, it's the only <laughs> no reason. No one's going to listen to this show. The, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's the only reason I'm not fucking bankrupt. But anyway, it was just, you know, I, I've got to where it doesn't cost me anything to make records. So I'm just going to make records yeah. and uh, put out records. So that is That's goal. great. That's it's freedom. A, it's very Johnny Ramone. I'm just like, <laughs> why do you need to go to a studio if you could just record it at home? Yeah. <laughs> The uh, uh, very very Jello Biafra, you yeah. Know, to start your own shit. Um, Curtains has some great new songs, but again, we get a new version, yeah, of a song from Montgomery Park, temporarily your girl. Yeah, I thought that was cool because, in a way, you know, w- we do these collaborative songs with people because you know, creatively, they're very fulfilling to do. But when we go out as solo artists and perform, we have to play some alternate version of that song, right? Yeah. And so in a way, it felt to me as a listener as like, oh, you know, you're kind of reclaiming the song of like, you know, if you saw me play it though, it'd be more like this. I've done a lot of versions of that song because I had some demo versions that I did before me and Haley started working together. And I had a very... God, I have there's at least two versions that will never be released where I just really tried something that didn't work. But yeah, basically that was that was originally going to be on Beauty Contest, and the version I made for that was such a mess that my buddy Justin Chase was like, "Dude, I can't do anything with this. I mean, like yeah. it's all mid range. This just sounded it sounded like trash." And he was right. So I went to my buddy Paul Axe's house. And he let me record on this amazing piano, and I just did the piano track. And then um, I just cut it when I was doing the track list for the album. So I had that oh, laying so it was around. Oh, just like a last minute. That was just, yeah, I know. I make a lot of broad strokes when I'm under stress. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a great trait <laughs> of mine. It's just, uh, it's just something I do. I get, I get, what was it? I get squeamish. I'm just like, uh, yeah. Just throw it all away. We'll <laughs> I, it reminds me of a session I did once with... Do you remember Robbie Lagamina? He's a yeah. great, great drummer. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were doing a, an album of uh, punk covers once, and it was one of the rare times where I was actually at somebody else's studio, and you know we blocked out a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so we finished the record, but we had like an hour left. And so it was like, do you know any other songs? Like we, we lit- yeah. literally were just like what do we both know how to play? Yeah, And so we just fucking made up more covers on the spot that nice. weren't supposed to be on the album because it was just like, well, yeah. shit, we got, 
we might as well, yeah. right? Just just fucking <laughs> squeeze a couple more songs on the record, you it's know? It's important. You know, this, you, I paid, I've got to finish my coffee. Yes, <laughs> yes. And sometimes the spontaneity does make it a little more fun because yeah. I don't know about you, but I get very serious about it and very focused and kind of have the tunnel vision of, you know, especially once you're like halfway through making a record or whatever, then it's just like, there is no life outside of this room. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fucking finish this thing. It's going to be exactly what I need it to be. And so to break out of that a little bit can be a, a relief, you know, kind of like, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that I can be both. I think generally I have fun, but like, it is like a thing that I do every day. I work on it, especially with recording stuff. I'm just like, this is what I'm doing. This is kind of like going to the office. This I'm treating it like a job. Yeah. I'm getting paid peanuts, but I mean, you know, it's like I'm very serious about it. But anytime I'm in a studio with other people, it's way fun. And yeah. I take it way less seriously. But I think that, you know, there's a lot of... I have to... Um, edit out all of the swears and stuff between <laughs> takes where you know it's like something distorts in a in an unpleasant way and you're just like I, why why do i get out of bed why am i here <laughs> <laughs> i was just talking to evan last night was doing some vocals on this punk record and it was like i think his first real take of the song and you know he was warming up his, his scream and it was starting to sound real good and then it's one line where he went for it, and it was just a full-on voice crack. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, you know, I just let let the tape roll, and I was like, oh, yeah, keep going, whatever, you know, do the, do the rest of the song. And, you know, when, when we listened to playback, of course, we're cracking up about it, and I was like, man, I'd be embarrassed to do that in front of someone who wasn't a hardcore singer and, like, who didn't know, like, oh, yeah, that's what happens when you abuse your fucking vocal cords. Yeah. But I said, dude, this would be the best thing on social media. Like, I should sign up for, like, fucking TikTok or something, and just put up compilations of the outtakes. Only put yeah. up the shit yeah. out of context completely. Yeah. Just have a guy going like, your mother, ah! You know, yeah. like, like just, just that yeah. or, or something. Or all the times where something goes wrong. It's a great idea. I, I used mean, to save those things. They were really funny. Blooper you know? reels, man. Exactly. You yeah, know? if you had that, Sometimes that's just Sometimes they're funnier than the movie. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That could be the funniest stuff. The second one is Encore. Yeah which is a very nice, calm record. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a quiet, acoustic vibe. I wonder, were those songs written together at the same time for that, or was it more just like, ooh, you know, I have a couple other mellower songs that maybe these would work well together. Like That was all written, I think, at the same time. I mean, one of those songs, Waiting, was written and rewritten a number of times, but that definitely felt like it was made for that. I was really going for a uh, uh, James West plays drums on that with all his little brushy, jazzy things. Really, he crushed it. And um, I think I had a Fender Rhodes at the time. I don't know. I feel like it really has that sort of David Lynch kind of thing going on with it. And um, I think I just leaned into it really hard. Yeah, it's a really nice sounding record. And, Thanks. And. Um... You know, we've talked a lot about production and recording in different places and what, you know, what works and doesn't, but something that strikes me about your releases is that some seem like more intentionally lo-fi and some sound cleaner because sometimes you're you're recording in different studios and mm -hmm. and we'll do some songs here, some songs there, right? And they'll all be on the same album. 
when you're tracking some place, is it important to you that they have like vintage equipment that's going to have that sound, or is it something that that they more do in post to like, okay, we want to we, we want to mix these in that certain way because there's not a lot of like super wide frequency response, a lot of high and a lot of low, and you know it's it's very much still that '60s kind of vibe. Like, mm-hmm. is that a consideration when you go into a place or? Yeah. It, is that just kind of naturally how they come out? I was always really into the vintage stuff, and I still love it. You know, I think it's great. But as I've matured, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> as I've become less and less pretentious over the years, I feel like, you know, I love the Rhodes. It's one of the favorite instruments, you know. It is my favorite instrument. But I have, do not care if it's a fake Rhodes on yeah. the album. Because, I mean, it's one of the easiest sound waves to emulate. The only way you're going to tell that it's fake is that it's in tune. I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's ridiculous, you know, and it's like, you know, it, it'd be great if we could all afford to have a Mellotron, but, yeah. you know, what, the, what the, like six of them exist? Who knows? You know, I mean, I'm sure someone knows, but you know what I'm saying? Like, just give me the, the Nord patch. It yeah. sounds awesome, you know? It, it does what it needs to do. So I think I've gotten, become more utilitarian about it, but as far as... Um, Fidelity uh, definitely went intentionally lo-fi on Beauty Contest mm-hmm. on the tracks, that, especially because I was having trouble mixing them. I was like, you know what? Guided by Voices worked, right? Why don't we just try that? <laughs> yeah. and, um, or Needle Exchange. Yeah. I mean, that's a great example, That was too, definitely you know? intentionally lo-fi and really leaning into that Elliott Smith heroin Portland vibe. You yeah. Know? But I think that Curtains was trying to be higher fidelity yeah but I and really, that comes through nice it sounds but really i really good. lean into especially with with acoustic guitars i definitely like to crunch them up with a compressor mm-hmm. and i think that that's uh but yeah encore was definitely really going for a higher fidelity and i think that as they progress i think the eps are getting better sonically i'm really trying to improve my game i'm really working on my stereo spread because again i'm totally i'm self-taught yeah and everything i've learned i've been watching other people do for years and being like wait that's all you did okay yeah (laughs) i mean that's that's the way when you're diy it's like you hire someone to do your video enough times and it's like you know i know how to do this now you know or whatever the thing is you know it's just like yeah i could do that you know dude people love amateur too you know yeah yeah (laughs) We're talking porn? Yeah. Or, sorry. Okay. I, th- I think you're right because there was a, a gap where you put one out into December and I went to listen to it and I was like, wait, there's another one that I missed? And so I went back and listened to that and I, and I was telling you at the time, like, man, man, these sound great. Like the instrumentation, the layering, the experimentation, like I, I can feel that these are inspired records. It's not just like, okay, I'm releasing the vaults of yeah. all the crap. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like no, I, 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 I could feel it. I consider that. I did consider that. But, uh. Dude, I have too. Cause we're, <laughs> I, we're all sitting on piles of shit that it's like, you know, yeah. I mean, they're fine. They yeah. could go out, right? Like, you know, you, know, you can polish the turd. And <laughs> I wanted to, to ask about, in that run, there's several EPs, but there's one single. Oh, yeah. That didn't, Belong, I guess. So uh, until nothing ever hurts. Yeah. Great song. Thanks. Brings back kind of the bigger rock instrumentation. I got got a good story about it. Okay, okay. And I just wanted to observe that the bass line in the song, did you play it? Yes. Reminds me, and I, I couldn't place the song exactly, but the vibe of like 
and I mean this in a complimentary way, it's an album I love, the very first Coldplay record. Nice. Because they had a really cool counter melody going on on that early stuff. Uh-huh. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, ooh, yeah, that kind of took that, me back a little bit. I don't know. I like Coldplay. You know, I mean, yeah. that, that was it, Yellow? That song's tight as hell. Yeah, yeah, that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I like that. I got no qualms with Chris Martin and his shenanigans. So how did this come to be like a, a one-off single instead oh. of part of one of these projects? So there's a third, there's a, um, a Domestics EP that's coming out sometime this year. Ooh. And that was originally a Domestics song. Okay. And basically when I was mastering the EP, the version that me and Mike, me and Mike took my demo and then he retracked drums and, and all this stuff and sang on it. And, uh, but when he put it to bed, there are some gain stage there was some issue so the moment i tried to bring it up to level it just was woofing you oh, know no. and, I, and we had no i mean there's no way we're going to find the multi-track and actually go through all that so i was like well let's just scrap it from that so then i just had my original version mm-hmm. and i was like this sounds great you know yeah. i mean okay Why great not? great's a bit you know <laughs> this sounds oh it sounds good this it sounds does passable but i mean you know so that's just my drums on there and you know you know what i thought i think it's vibey and i yeah. just thought it was a uh, so then i was like oh maybe i should save this and i was like you know fuck it just like put something out and i put it out for free to thank the people who actually have been supporting thank you for supporting my music <laughs> don't it forget really to like and subscribe yes yeah <laughs> smash that like button follow bro. me on instagram <laughs> yeah I'm on Dogpile. I'm on MySpace. See you there. <laughs> Pure volume. You can download all my new songs. Yeah. Indie Nation. Wait, what is it? Yeah, there's a lot of them. A lot of defunct. We're old, guys. Yeah, that's, that's what we're saying. What are you going to do? I remember when the internet was just a lot of beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. I would have like, you'd go to a website, you know, and it's just like a shitty Angel Fire webpage or whatever, yeah. right? Bring it back. But then there was the, the gradual striped appearance of a single photo, you know, it would be yeah. like you get the top ten oh, yeah, percent, yeah, totally. yeah, the next ten yeah. percent, and it would take like five minutes to load a picture of something. Yeah, you know, if you're uh, twelve, you know, you got to hope that that loads in time before uh, your parents walk into the room. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> Let's see I, what you're looking at. Most of my internet experience growing up was at friends' houses because, I mean, when I was raised by grandparents. Yeah, and uh, I don't think we got a family computer until very late. So yeah, so it was all the internet was very new to me. <laughs> I mean, once MySpace came around, I was like, "Oh, this is just what it is." That's yeah. Okay, great. That's- I mean, I, I was just remembering this stuff because a week or so ago was the the twentieth anniversary of the second EPD record. Yeah, my, I saw my that. high school band, and I was you know I took it off the shelf, was looking at it, I put popped it in, and I'm like, man, I used to do these album layouts on mm-hmm. Microsoft Paint. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's like, awesome. Whatever you're doing Whoa. is committing. You have no tools. It's just fucking... I mean, <laughs> sometimes that's where the art comes from, you know, the limitations. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, I think Brian Eno talks about that a lot, you know, that the maybe it was, I don't know, some pretentious guy was just like, you know, that the, uh, the faults in the medium yeah. become the... Uh, aesthetic you know like it's like people love that you know like with photos right it's yes. just like then we got instagram and you can make like hey would you like to make your photo look shittier be like yeah. yes please that sure would, would that would be nice yeah actually it looks a little you know get rid of some of this you know mask me or whatever, you know, dude i do the coming. same thing all the time in audio for samples especially because like if you're making a rap record you don't want your sample 
to sound too good. Or if you're playing something live and you want it to sound like a yeah. sample, you know, I'll run it through these like vinyl simulators or something where it's mm -hmm, like, let's mm -hmm. choose 1940s for that yes. guitar. It's you know, awesome. and it's I like love cool. That. I wish I had <laughs> filters. So like I don't have any filters. And this is just because I don't know how to upload them or steal them or whatever. But yeah, like, yeah. you know, so like I, I have a very limited amount of that stuff. But I mean everyone loves a filtered thing. You know, like look at the fucking strokes. Their whole career is just <laughs> <laughs> based off of filtering. I mean, also granted writing good material and being rich to begin with, but like <laughs> Well, that helps. <laughs> really, that helps. Really, yeah. were able to lean in. With I think the that's filters. where you and I may have failed. Was that you know we had the good material, <laughs> yeah. we had the consistency and the drive. You know, we didn't have the nest egg. Yeah, yeah. It would have been nice to have some capital. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, it's, the thing is that it's just such a shit shoot too. Because I mean, like. Think of like uh, what a screaming Lord Such or something. He was like fucking Duke or some shit, and like had Jimmy Page and all these motherfuckers play on his album. Nobody wanted it because he was shit, you know. So it's like it's like it's like yes. I don't it helps. know who he is, but I relate to him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like uh, sometimes there's certain things you can't buy, and that's uh, likability, I guess. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't no, think that's, that... that's what I grapple with most. Is like <laughs> yeah. you know that last record was great. And like, I'm writing some of the best shit ever. And I'm like, right, yeah, but it's me. <laughs> like, I, I've actually toyed with the idea of anonymously releasing music that I don't personally promote through my own channels. I and I never post a picture of who it is. And so it's just like, some other people might find this and not know that yeah. I'm kind of a dick and be like, oh, yeah, I like this. This yeah. is cool. Who is this? But then you get, don't get to hide behind your personality. <laughs> you know, it's like that is the thing. And it's like, oh, but then they don't like it. They're like, wait, people like me for my personality. It just creates a whole I other. I can't be right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, trying to turn on the charm. I, uh, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's difficult. You know, I feel like a pretty charming person, you know, but uh, at least when I feel comfortable. But. I mean, I've seen me in interviews, and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> who gave the mic to that schmuck? <laughs> I remember, speaking of old interviews um, and EPD, we were on that public access show, Unseen TV. Yeah, the, the anarchists. We used to prank call them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing was, I was furious with my bandmates because you know i've always been very serious about this shit wanted sure. you know to get the music out there you know it's like dude we have a chance to be on it's a shitty little tv show but, but yeah. people did watch it and it was like okay well they're gonna come and film us play you know we'll do an interview like this will be great right and the whole time they just treated it like some fucking bullshit band practice like goofing off and joking the whole time and i'm trying to answer serious questions and like years later I would meet people at work or something or other musicians at shows, and they'd be like, wait a second, I know you, right? You guys were that fucking band. I saw you on that public access. You guys were assholes. I hated you guys. I'm like, motherfuckers. Some things you never get to live down. I got plenty of them, man. <sighs> oh, man. Yeah. Now, the third EP in this series is... Again, this kind of cyclical, like, all these records are connected. It's called Born Again and Again, yeah, which is the first track on Needle Exchange. Yeah. I'm going to reuse that name until something sticks, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it is also the concept. That album is very much, uh, I think I wrote a lot of that in Nashville. And I was really going on the uh, spiritual journey. Spent my whole life as an atheist 
you know, just trying to read some spiritual shit, see if there's anything to shake out. I've read a lot of Joseph Campbell and, and all that, and I'm just... My girlfriend said the other day, she said um, something about baptism by fire or something like that, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's a cool... I've never heard that. That's cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that was definitely, like, uh, trying to... You know, I really had to make sense of a lot of things after I left Portland, so that was all about that, I think, so... That is insightful because, you know, some of the lyrical content moving forward, I could see tying into that quest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the song Unofficially Heaven, I was going to point out because it's m- not being as much of a multi-instrumentalist as you are, um, my go-to was always the like oohs and ahs and, the, and adding vocal layers of... Uh, not just harmony, but counter melody and, and just textural stuff because I'm kind of a blunt instrument with the guitar and the, <laughs> and the bass mm-hmm. and I would need something to fill it out. And so you always had these synths, synths and, yeah, yeah. and organs and things like that to round out your sound. And I was like, oh shit, this is cool though because I don't hear a lot of him doing these like falsettos. That was a pleasant surprise to me. So I think I, I ran out of instruments <laughs> because again, skeleton crew... Yeah. You know, trying to, to flesh these songs out. And, um, and, uh, like, oh, fuck, I sold that keyboard? Yeah, Damn it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, I think the, the collection I have right now is a, uh, I have an Optagon, <laughs> which is a completely ridiculous instrument made by Mattel in the 70s that sounds really cool twice a year. And then, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And, uh, you know, it won't stay in tune to save its life. But, hey, uh, you, you mentioned renting a megaphone overnight. I've had one for 15 years. <laughs> I use it maybe once every five. But you when know? you use it, when you use but it, it's, it's there. there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I did that with some claves a while yeah. back. I, I think that I got them from Justin King. <laughs> he was moving. And yeah. I was like, will you take these? I was like, like I've had these for 10 years. Like Might as well try them. Yeah, would you like to throw these away for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I used them on, I can't remember the song, one of those, I think it's on that record. But yeah, you know, just like little things, you know, you, you know, especially when you're digging through the, so I guess to answer your question, when you start digging through the bottom of the drawer and you can't find a harmonica yeah. that, uh, that's in the right key. Fuck it, know. I'll just sing it. Yeah, exactly. Fuck it, we'll do it live. But then I kind of leaned into it. I was like, oh, that's cool. That was pleasant. You know, I was really, I think I was going for Big Star, if you, if you remember that band. Mm-mm. They do a lot of that, like, uh, spacey sort of um, Leslie backing vocals. Yeah. I think it's a cool sound. But I mean, I, I fell in love with that stuff, tying back to earlier, when, when I really got into John Frusciante, because the Chili Peppers had put out that By The Way album that was just, like, smeared with backup vocals, you know, when, when he was on this big, like, Brian Wilson tip, and mm-hmm. and I was just, like, in love with it and and that was right before he dropped a solo album and then that series of six where he's doing that shit on everything even on the stripped down ones and so i was just like this this is the way like for for me and my skill set and my, yeah. my songwriting sensibilities like this is the best trick that it i is, that a, i should have been using all along you it's know? the original instrument yeah yeah <laughs> i fell in love with that i always love to hear those little bits come back in tasteful ways like Especially if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to run this through an amp or I'm going to do yeah. something really unorthodox with it yeah. to make it exciting. Yeah. I love it too when like the unorthodox thing becomes the orthodox thing. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's like, because people have been doing that so long, like, it'll be like, now it's like totally unaffected vocals. Just no reverb. Just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's that's the homework. <laughs> now, tell me if I'm projecting here. Sure. But we're talking about these spiritual songs and listening to Pasture in the Sky. Okay, I, th- very specific thing about that song. Okay, yeah. and I'm, I'm curious to know because when I hear it, you know, we all assign our own lives to, to these songs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what they mean to us. But it was less of a like spirit in the sky sort of like celebratory song. And it was almost like a, cause you're saying like, you know, I don't, I don't want to get old. I don't want to die. I just want to go to the pasture in the sky or whatever, yeah. wherever the, it's para- much sadder. It's a bad paraphrase, but I, I feel yeah. like this song is, is saying like, like, look guys, um, I'm not suicidal per se, but I'm fucking over this shit. Like, yeah. and that to me is such a relatable thing of like anyone who's had depression and anxiety yeah. and, and gets stuck in these cycles of where you're, you're thinking about this stuff all the time, not to the extent that you're going to make action, yeah. you know, about it or whatever. I don't but, have a plan, but you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what the therapist says. If you, yes. if you know how that's when you have a problem, yeah. but like, it's a very universal almost pleasant way of having that conversation. It's like when a comedian makes a really dark joke so you can laugh at a thing and then yeah. let's talk about it. Takes takes the teeth out of it. Yeah. Uh, so, very interesting thing. Those lyrics are actually lifted from a Truman Capote book. Really? Yeah, so basically, and this is the nerd in me, this song was in there. It was, so, you know, Moon Rivers in the original Breakfast at Tiffany's, right? Is that the uh, like old old song that like Bobby Darren would sing and like um... Andy Williams did it? Okay, okay, yeah, I, um, I know what you're talking river about. Yeah, wider yeah. Than a mile. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that song, basically, that song was written, I think, by Mancini. But in the book, there was the song. It had no melody, obviously, because it's text, and it was just you know, I, I just she would sit on a balcony and play this song i just want to go traveling through the pastures of the sky yeah and i was like wow that is so hauntingly sad yeah and i was like you know and so i was listening to a lot of judy sill at the time if you ever listened to any of her stuff and she's uh, i think she's from portland originally but like 60s and i kind of just made this little folk song around that i even uh tried to do her sort of Texas Northwest sort of uh, vocal inflections a little bit. Just yeah. to, the, the, one of my favorite songwriters. I was just like, let's do this, you know, because I feel like she had a very Holly Golightly sort of life herself. So I just thought that it was, yeah. So that was, I wrote that song on a day where I wrote 10 other songs. Wow. So that was the end of the day. Basically, I had these friends and they were all like, having these songwriting contests with each other where they all like they would all work all day and be like write as many songs as you can and they would never invite me because I wrote too many songs <laughs> and you're like oh really assholes huh? yeah yeah huh? so that was like fuck you guys I'm gonna go play with my own fucking Tonka trunk in the dirt and yeah. uh, you know and um, so that was like the end of the day and that was I think one of the only songs that survived that uh, I think another song off of that became um, a domestic song but yeah. That's cool. Kind of a double homage song yeah. coming out of this like marathon writing binge. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd always thought about that. So it was just kind of like the end of the day, I was like, I need to get 10 songs. So I was, and was like, sometimes the last one's the best one, you know? Talking in Your Sleep yeah. is a very pretty song. Um, hardly Here, 
I felt, which closes it out, could stylistically be an outtake from Montgomery Park. Like that. Yeah, it, it's definitely it, in that same field. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely yeah. it sounds a lot like a domestic song to me, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. We, we write so much and for so long that you can kind of be like, Ooh, that's a 2017 Leo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like what? What? When what I year is this? Swirl it around in the glass. In little. 2017. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very good year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so hardly here. I think that uh, I just I'm I'm such a big fan of that anthemic chorus. I I love the Pixies. You know, I love mm-hmm. that one four five thing i think it's great and i mean they didn't originate it i mean it's an old gospel trick but it's just such a powerful progression why fight it you know yeah because that's the other thing you know you spend all fucking day working on a chord progression like trying to reinvent the fucking wheel and mm-hmm. then you're like oh this is just a sam cook song or, you know what i mean it's just yeah. like like sometimes you know, it doesn't need it yeah, sometimes it just doesn't well it's, uh, sometimes you you the farther you push it sometimes you end up exactly where you started anyway so it's like i mean there's a reason that intervals exist you know it's yeah. like it is math I don't it, well, care. yeah, it is. And for someone who is prolific, speaking of myself, um, I do have a harder time writing those type of songs, like on my acoustic guitar, because when I'm thinking of like chord progressions for my band, so often my goal is like, okay, we never repeat, and it never resolves the way you think it should. So it's like, okay, we're going to add this extra flat in here. We're going to add this key change here we're going to do this this one's not going to run four times it's going to run three and a half you know and so there is a there is a math to our formula sure in how we put those together and i think i get so locked into that and so locked into writing really complicated lyric patterns and stuff for hip-hop it's very hard for me to then sit sit down and and simplify something like that and and, but you're right because sometimes you you overthink those and you're just like just play the fucking chords and yeah. get out of your own way. Yeah, get out of the song's way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm I th- almost more intimidated to write like that. Well, and I just think... Th- three or four chords or something. I think that it is also just uh, an example of being what I have at the time. If all I have is a guitar and everything's in storage, Yeah, I'm going to just have to make guitar songs and I'm not going to turn into a tappy acoustic guitar player no nothing against math rock you know you making fun of justin king now i or? love justin i'm gonna see him i'm gonna see him on sunday oh, i'm just great. saying i'm just saying that it's too late for me to become yeah. and he also has uh, done so many amazing records that are not that you know I yeah like that king radio record was phenomenal anyway i'm definitely not making fun of him but uh i think that um you just got to let it be what it is because I think that there's no point in fighting it because it's just, um, it's either going to be what it is or it's going to be a bad version of what it was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Heart Club is the most yeah. recent EP. And I just want to underscore this. This is four EPs and a single in two and a half months. And you're not done yet. I, I was recording before, I, up until the minute I left. <laughs> You're so like, yeah. I had to stop Yeah, <laughs> to come here and do this shit. You're like, well, I had to tune my bongos anyway, but I guess I can come down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's so so impressive. You're on such a, a, a roll right now. I feel like this one is probably most similar out of the four to Encore. Stripped downy vibes. Exactly, exactly. Uh, songs like Stations or Only a Song Can Break My Heart 
I'll leave it at that. What was the uh, direction for the last record here? So that was all written in two weeks, and that was all, all written and recorded in two weeks. And basically, it's a love letter yeah. to my girlfriend when we'd started dating. She lives in L.A. I live here. And, yeah, I saw uh, you doing the commute a little. Yeah, it's, it's a long drive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making it again uh, next week, but um, yeah, it's... Uh, I'll um, sleep in your trunk and go to the studio. <laughs> I'm like, hey, um, you know we're getting our record mix down there. Yeah, um, we're going yeah, to Thelma, we'll Thelma Louise it into, yeah. <laughs> into, the, uh, into Hollywood Boulevard there. And uh, my buddy James, who's played on a number of the records we're talking about, was going to do some drums on it, but I just thought it was such a personal record that I just did it all myself. And I was like, this is a very succinct you know, thing. For somebody you know i like that a lot yeah and it was just all it all came you know in that time a very inspired time i mean i'm all, so basically i'll talk more about what's next but mm -hmm. um that's uh, that's what i have to say about that it's a very special record to me and uh and uh she was very happy to receive that i think that's really neat there are only a few projects of mine that i've not released mm -hmm. and Two of them are things that I made for Ange. Yeah. It was, there was songs I sing with you in mind, which was some covers and originals. And then later, I years later, I did a, a part two, which is, again, different covers and different originals. And so those things are kind of like, well, you have the only one of that. And yeah. it just, you know, I think that that would have been in your room. I you think know? that uh, if I hadn't been on this this mad dash to put out material, maybe I would have been like hey this is special for you but yeah well no i'm glad know. that it is out there because yeah. the songs are great there's no reason why someone else wouldn't love to hear it you know so yeah i'm happy that, with that, it i like I've, the thing is i've never written love songs i feel like everything i've ever written is a lament it's some i know man song you it's know so, like it's, it's so easy to write when you're sad or when you're pissed off or whatever it's definitely a stretch it's for hard. me and i feel like i got i you know i'm i'm sure there a couple lines. I remember, so I talk about like how I make broad strokes mm -hmm. befo right before something comes out or I upload something or whatever. And I was talking to Tanya about it and I was like, I sent her this list. I was like, I was thinking about making these lyric changes. <laughs> and she was like, I love all of the lyrics that you already saw. Yeah. Why are you doing this? <laughs> and then I tried singing them and I was just like, oh God, that's clunky. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? I just get, you know, I get antsy. I get like, uh, you know, anytime you commit... I mean, it's like it's not really going to wax. I mean, I'm uploading with DistroKid. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't it down exactly. <laughs> it's like, why am I getting so precious about everything? But you know, there's just I think that's just something that you know you have. You know, I mean, it's it's good to be mindful. But I mean, I just have a big habit of like the moment it comes up and be like. God, I should have used a different reverb on that, you know. Yeah, but totally. Thing, and that's the other thing. It's also putting out record, writing and recording a record in two weeks, yes. mixing it, mastering it, yeah, doing all of it yourself. I think it turned out pretty great. But it's like <laughs> fucking a. But yeah. it's like the only mistake I made is that uh, Tanya's song is actually a little bit louder than the rest, and that was mm. just a mastering mistake on my end. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that it's a very powerful tool to box yourself in that way because I am big on the revision process, you know. Mm -hmm. I think of everything in terms of writing and production. Mm -hmm. Always, they're inextricable from each other. People will be like showing me something 
And, you know, they see my fucking head go off and my eyes pointing up and whatever. And they're like, stop listening to production. Listen to the fucking song. I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. You know, or like, yeah, but see what they did with the pre-chorus? Yeah, what is it? They should have halved it the first time and then it, do it, you know, like, I'm, I'm just always thinking listen of that to, shit. Listen to 300K, man. What are they doing there? I mean, just, Yeah, exactly. I'm always thinking of that like shit. It's like taking a mud bath. <laughs> I'm always thinking of that shit. And so to put yourself in an environment where you can't overthink is kind of great. Yeah. You well, know. I was going for like South Park, you know, they do like yeah. an episode in a week. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was just one of those things where it was just like every day there was another song. And, you know, so it, it was uh, an experiment to see how fast I can work. And also just being very inspired by that moment of falling in love, which is probably the best feeling you ever get to have, you know. Yeah. And on that note, you sent me a couple previews of the next project. So we have the song Louisville. And the song Happy Birthday from Nashville. Is this a record, and this could be coincidence, but was this a record that was written on the road? This was, uh, yeah, I think so. Most of this was written in Nashville. A lot of it was recorded in Nashville. So basically, I think I'm actually going to make it a, a, an actual album. And uh, Full length? Yeah. There's just enough material there. Basically, I'm at this point now where it's like, well, I could just release the five songs but then there's like a couple other songs that are good. And where would know? they go? And yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to do like part two. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, be like, by the way, these ones were, you know, it's like, a, it's like that Pink Floyd record, uh, the final cut. They're like the songs that were left over from the wall that weren't as good. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think it's remembered as such. And it plays kind of like that. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think they're great. So I've been carving it out and I had a lot of like, there's a lot of gospel stuff on it. There's a there's a cover of uh, "Lamb's Blood Washed Me Clean" by Arizona Drains. On, it's gonna be on there. I played a mandolin. I mean, like, really? I'm really leaning in. Uh, this is a very specific. You know, did I mention it was in Nashville? Yes. Yeah. Did, did I, <laughs> is this on? Does he, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I was you know I went down there to check it out, and it's I mean I was studying the Civil War at the time. I didn't know anything. I'd only been through the South once in my life before, and ended up down there, and I was like really interested in the culture, and it was interesting to go during pandemic, and uh, yeah, you know there was just a lot of it was a lot of looking in at the world, and uh, feeling separate, and it wasn't like. Paul Simon or something going to Africa, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I don't, I don't have any grand illusions that I have some grandiose vision for the South or anything like that. But I thought it's more that, like McCartney going overseas and getting robbed. Is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was when I got locked up in Japan for a joint. I think that was, <laughs> was that also McCartney? Uh, you know, I mean, that's the thing though. It's like, it's so many of my songs about traveling is because I don't have a fucking set home and yeah I'm a you know I feel like it's very nomadic because it is and it's like so then it's like you know sometimes I'll look at a song and I'd be like man this, how many times are you going to use the word bus I'm like I've been on a lot of fucking <laughs> buses man <laughs> I mean what I find interesting about your songwriting is that everything I write is first person and you so often will write through a character or through another town or or something like that that's more got a literary quality to it or something it's more, more their stories you narrative know? yeah so i'm really focused on narrative writing yeah. right now especially on this next record and uh 
I think that there's a song. The, the album's going to be called Decoration Day, and that's going to be the. Uh, I think it's the best song on the record, but it's a story about someone. You know, yeah. it's really what I wanted to try and do, and I think that was part of because I was studying beyond the Civil War stuff, just like the history of country music and gospel and all this, and and just how much of that is just extrapolated from the Bible. And you know, then I read a bunch of you know, there's there's a lot of I'm really leaning into traditional style because it's not. I want to say this like in not a stupid way. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. I felt like I just didn't have any attachment to the history of of the goings on of the chronology of music, and I just felt like getting some perspective was nice to try and um, come at it from a different angle. You know, I felt like when I was in the domestics, it started to be like writing the same song, you know, is be like, well, what are the national doing? <laughs> and uh, even though the domestics did not make much money, there was this idea. It's like we had a manager, we had all this stuff, and it's like uh, everything was taken so seriously to the point that it wasn't fun anymore. And um, what is the reason that I do music? And I think the reason I do music is because I love music, and I love the history of music. I think that's been the baptism of the nashville experience for me and i realized that i don't want to live in tennessee <laughs> <laughs> yeah even though i have to say that i made some of the greatest friends of my life down there you know but uh but uh overall i remember the day that i decided that i was leaving because my job was going on hiatus my grandpa was sick and i had to either find a new place anyway it was just a perfect storm with all that yeah I was just walking up to the store and I just, I tried smiling at my neighbors and I had so many sneers. <laughs> I was just like, fuck you guys too, man. You know, like, <laughs> like I, so I didn't get to have that. Like, like you, you don't know, want like, me either. Well, it's, you know what I mean? The other thing is East Nashville, which was the hip part, got destroyed by a fucking tornado, oh. you know, the year before I got there or, you know, it was also pandemic. And I mean, so I didn't get to have the going out to shows and stuff. And I mean, I ran into, you remember Jake Lessick? Uh, from, I mean, he was in the scene. Maybe he was a little younger than us. I played some music with him. Uh, anyway, so he, I, first day in downtown, I'm walking down the street. I just put some money in the meter. I'm walking down the street into like, you know, Broadway where it's like, no one wearing a mask. I was like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> so I hear someone yell Leo, and I was like, there's no fucking way. So I just kept walking, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and then uh, and then I get a tap on the shoulder. It's fucking Jake, and he's like, holy shit, man! What is what's going on? I was like, oh, I just moved here, man. He's like, he's got his guitar in his hand, and uh, he's country singer. Yeah, and uh, he's like, dude, I'm going to Kid Rock's Honky Tonk to play a set right now, <laughs> and he's like, come in and see. First it. of all, that is a great sentence but go on yeah but it, and i love jake and he's a sweetheart of a man and he's like dude i can get you a job here you can do this you know it's like you well, know i gotta go and i was like and i thanked him graciously because it was a very sweet offer but yeah. i mean i was still like i was getting my groceries delivered because i was so fucking scared of the yeah. you know of the the variants or what i mean and i tell you what it's safer to not wear a mask in Tennessee because people will <laughs> fight you. I mean, it's Get in like, your face. I mean, if you're at the wrong part of the state, if you're in fucking Chattanooga or some shit, just, yeah, <laughs> you know, risk ratios, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so I didn't take them up on that. But it was really sweet. The first minute I'm in town, I see somebody I've known for 20 years. Yeah, dude, years. That, that actually <laughs> happened to me. Uh, 
a couple years ago, right before everything shut down, I had gone to a, a Comic-Con in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I was standing outside waiting for my Uber, and uh, this car drives by and goes, Sammy! And I'm like, <laughs> I've never been to this city before. You know, like, I've toured in Texas, but I've never been there before. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? And I, like, look, and the car is slowing down, and it's my old friend Sean from here. Yeah. I ended up talking to him. He's like, yeah, I just moved out here. I'm like, oh, that's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, <laughs> it's amazing random. when you're on the road, when you get to see somebody unseen. Like, that, yeah. that happened to me in Austin, actually. It feels I good. ran into a guy who was living to I hadn't seen him in years. I was like, holy shit. I mean, yeah. what an amazing... I mean, the thing is, I guess that is the other thing, though. It's, like, epicenters, right? I mean, yeah. like, if you ran into somebody in... The Dells, yeah, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Or something like like that is miraculous. True, because, true. But, but I will say, but it is kind of an outpost, uh, San Antonio. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a weird one. I'll give you that. <laughs> like, if I was in Clarksville and I ran into somebody I knew, yeah. I'd be like, "This is cosmic." <laughs> well, I, I like the direction of this project. You said it's Decoration Day, is that right? Decoration Day. It's neat because if we're constantly releasing music and we've been doing so for so many years and decades at this point that if you are not trying to experiment and like we don't want to make the same record over and over and so sometimes that means uh going deeper within ourselves or trying another sound or whatever but i like that you're actually taking like a real almost academic approach to like i'm gonna just submerse myself in all this other culture and this other history and come up with something different because when i talk about craft as like a lyricist i'm talking about using your thesaurus every time i'm talking about if you're gonna speak on a subject that you're watching documentaries and reading the books before you speak on it and not just giving your you know talking head opinion or something like that and and that's what i do like Mm -hmm. if i if i put out a topical thing it's impeccably researched i'm talking hours and hours and hours and months a lot of times going into one of those type of songs and so i really respect when you're talking about like yeah i went moved to the other side of the country i did all this extra reading you know and and like you're putting something into that record a different type of investment you know it's Mm -hmm. like you're not putting money into it you're not you know like necessarily putting those hours in the studio but that time you're spending is going to make that record unique. Yeah. People might not think of any of that stuff when they ever hear music. Not at all. Probably not. It's amazing when I talk to people I've been playing music with for years. I remember I was talking to my buddy Brad, and he was like, man, I love your lyrics. I never knew them when we were in the band together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't, I, I, he's been a... He's focusing on playing his parts, probably. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, he's got he's to gotta keep up with my chicken picking or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, it isn't like, I'm not going to mansplain the Civil War or anything on this record, but (laughs) having that context... I think those were all dudes. You can probably get away with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so let me just say here that, you know, the Civil War was about slavery, just in case anybody... States' rights... Yeah, to, to have, have slaves. slaves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I mean, just to counter that you argument. Know, so I, I only had to get through like what ten hours of the uh, Ken Burns doc to find <laughs> that out. It was like, I was like, I think I could have guessed. <laughs> 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 but but it does help to have that proof. <laughs> yeah. 
But man, it's yeah. amazing because I was uh, my buddy next door when I was living down there. Is good old boy. His name's Greg. He's a great guy. Very different backgrounds, me and him. But there were certain things we get talking about, and he was pretty progressive for being uh, <laughs> for for being from where he's from. But but it was there were certain things where he was just like I was like, oh man, we're just real different, you know, on some of this like, stuff. You know what? But there it's is been this good thing. hanging. I will see yeah. you tomorrow. I'll be like, I gotta hey, go. let's uh, let's uh, let's let's put a pin in this one and yeah. never talk about it again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that. Yeah. Well, shit, man. Yeah, you're on a hell of a, a, a roll right now. Thank I, you. I'm digging it. I respect the grind and and like I said, the thoughtful approach to it. You know, w- when can we? Uh, expect this record to drop is that going to be a little while out or are you still rapid fire i want to finish it up this weekend oh and i think so before i can even edit this episode (laughs) it'll be old news i'm definitely gonna i'm gonna do (laughs) the pre-roll so like on um i don't know how much this thing that you know the, the you know it's like you post it to spotify you know, and they're like, well, if you give us four weeks, we'll shop it to these playlists, and then maybe oh. the playlist will like what you do. I don't know if they, I haven't noticed any improvement when I do that. But yeah. I think I might, I don't know. And part of me, I think, you know, and this is, this is probably just me being grandiose, but I was like, I'd love to shop it to a label. But yeah. I mean, I have very little to offer a label besides. Great songs. Free, well, yeah, but I'm just. Do you think the label cares about fucking songs? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, well, hey, that, maybe we'll circle back to what you're saying earlier and be like, "Hey, this is my new record. You know, I really hope you know you guys like it." Or I can write stuff like this for your people. Yeah. Well, I think so. I guess to also say, I think that uh, my main my main goal, especially if I end up moving to LA, which is uh, it seems eminent at this point, is uh, I I'm not planning on shopping myself as a Singer songwriter, I would like to just write crop songs off the for singer people. part. And yes, I just, I just song. I'm song boy. Yeah, song boy. Yeah, <laughs> Leo London, song boy. A new autobiography. B O I. Oh God. <laughs> song boy. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, let's say yeah, that'll be my TikTok handle. All right, that is our show. Huge thanks to Leo for coming back on. He has a ton of new music. If you want to check it out, you can do so on your streaming app or go to leolondon.bandcamp.com and any money you spend there will go straight to his pocket. If you want to support this show, take a screenshot, post that to your stories and let people know that we're out here. You can give us a five-star rating and review. We'd appreciate that. I might have to pause for a brief moment, but I have recorded episode 100 with a very special guest, I just need to fill in 97 through 99. So I'm working on that. Bear with me if I do have to go off air for a, a brief moment. I'm going to leave you with the premiere of a new song from the forthcoming album, Decoration Day. This is Leo London, Happy Birthday from Nashville. Happy birthday from Nashville Hope everything's alright It's been such a long time Since I went swimming at night Couple of friends are cold up Coming out tonight The 
Cumberland River Under the city's light Here's to you and here's to me Everything that you wanted me to be Pick up the pen Pick up the phone It's always nice To hear from home When I get back We'll all go swimming Every night I forgive you Every night I pray The anger I hold on to Will someday wash away But happy birthday from Nashville I won't be here to call you So it's here in a song Here's to you and here's to me Everything that you wanted me to be Pick up the pen or pick up the phone It's always nice Here from home when I get back We'll all go swimming when I get back We'll all go swimming Blueprint, illogic, superstition, gift of gab My name is Sammy Warmhands, and these are just a few of the iconic voices featured on my double album, Figures of Speech, available now at Take92.com and StrangeFamous.com. Do you miss live music and going on tour? Check out my new book, How to Ruin Your Life, The Daily Grind of a DIY Tour. The book chronicles nearly a decade of underground tours with artists like DJ Abilities and Christoph Crane. With a foreword by Carnage the Executioner, this book is a must-have for rap fans who want to peek behind the scenes. The book is available now at Take92.com and StrangeFamous.com. For even more behind-the-scenes content, subscribe to the Take92 podcast for interviews with artists from Sage Francis to Jello Biafra. This is Sammy Warmhands from Crush Kill Recordings and Take92 Music.